Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 525, December 23rd, 2020. 58 degrees was the high on this day in 1888. And it's 27 below. It was 27 below in 1872. And as we speak, parts of the great Midwest, Northwest are getting hammered. And now, with snow from the mayor's office, with snow. above Got the it. boathouse <laughs> on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Is it okay that this microphone is in front of me like this? Well, yeah, I think it adds to the charm. You're on camera, baby. Hi, how are you? How are you? Hey, Joe and GL, Merry Christmas, and thanks for all the support in a crazy 2020. So loving the GL podcast, I never miss it. So cool to hear about the email liking our jam session this year. Chris, have you taken care of what we talked about off air? Uh, yeah, I thought you wanted them as bumps. Is that correct? Right, thank okay. you. Okay, okay. Uh, so... Yep, no cathedral this year. Uh, so glad the streams are good to me. I've run into many people who have heard of me from Garage Logic. Thanks, Stephen C. Anderson, GL Superfan, COVID Survivor, not drinking the Kool-Aid, and OGLP, the official Garage Logic pianist. Thank you. Nice. Awesome. Thank cool. You. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, Dan writes, my family issued an FSA family service announcement regarding the Great Conjunction. We had three opportunities for a sighting. Like everyone else in the Metro, we had a no-show. People zero, Mother Nature one. My eldest daughter and family, currently living in Oslo, spent time explaining the rarity of the celestial event with my twin five-year-old grandsons. We received this report from from the Norwegian contingent. You had better believe the European crew was on the lookout for the Great Conjunction, In addition, we had our own miraculous sighting happen here yesterday. We saw the sun for a brief period. Uh, Tollife, and the older of the twins, was confident that it had been 100 years since such an occurrence. We were hopeful no clouds would hold off. Uh, We were hopeful that the clouds would hold off long enough for the sunset at 1510 and for a sighting of the planets. But no, clouds rolled in again. But seeing the sun earlier in the day was quite an event in and of itself. Norwegians quite literally stop in their tracks to soak it up. People zero, Mother Nature two. Our last hope was my nephew. He was on a flight to the west coast and took the attached picture out his window at 30,000 feet. It was beautiful. People one, Mother Nature two. Avoid a shutout, but mother, we avoided a shutout, but Mother Nature one. I went to my... Uh, high places in town yesterday and still missed it because of clouds. But Rookie, of all people, said he stepped into his backyard and saw it. Yeah. In, in I, South St. Paul. Same here, Such. You did so. Um, I actually took my spotting scope out, which is just a scope I use for uh, um, spotting, you know, deer and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and it, it looked like one big star with the naked eye. I put it on the scope and it was, you know, a big star or a big planet and a little one right next to each other. And I, I have to say, I really, I'm like, uh, okay, that's it, huh? And then I trained the spotting scope on the half of moon. Mm-hmm. You can see craters on the moon with this thing. Well, no I, kidding. I, I'm out yeah. there 15 minutes looking at the moon, completely <laughs> ignoring the little star event thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it was fun. I found a delightful story. Oh, good. 
I, I'm going to follow it up with stories that aren't necessarily delightful. Oh, okay, well. <laughs> but it's a delightful story. You often hear people railing against big corporate America, right? We don't, we're getting, right. uh, we're not paid enough. And Bernie Sanders rails against Amazon. And, and mm -hmm. so does that ridiculous AOC who cost New Yorkers many thousands of jobs, helped cost many New Yorkers thousands of jobs. I was reading about a local couple who work in the Amazon Fulfillment Building right. yeah. in Shakopee, and they love it. Right. They met, they're married, they, they're, both, they're both working for Amazon, and I read it and I thought to myself, this is, this is so delightful that you were, we're finding two people who are not only embracing what they're doing, but like what they're doing. Are you sensing that this could be turned into some type of Joe Sushri Hallmark movie? No, not really. <laughs> uh, They're putting in ten-hour days right now, too. Yeah, Joe. I have a buddy that works at uh, at Amazon. He loves it. He has, but he's been working twelve-hour days, you know, willingly, of course, twelve-hour days for the past you know, two months or whatever it is. This place is the size of fourteen football fields. Yeah, it's crunch yeah. time, and we like that. Site manager Chad. Byfield said, it's intense, it's busy, it's high energy. Roughly a million packages are shipped out of the Shakopee facility every day, keeping the wow. 1,500 workers there busy. <laughs> so it's a little different because of COVID. Kayla Spahala, an Amazon employee for three years, said, it feels more urgent because of people's essential needs. So you're put where people basically need you most. Her uh, last name is spelled S-P-Y. C-H-A-L-L-A. -L -L -A. And the reason I know it's pronounced Spahala is because that was the name of a family I was I grew up with in Matamita. Oh. I, I wonder oh. if she's related. Oh, I, I thought no you idea. were spelling it because you wanted the horn. No. Oh. No. Her first name's Kayla, Kayla Spahala. Got it. But Kayla isn't the only Spahala working there. Her husband, Larry, started working there in April 2019 and became a full-time employee that summer. Now the couple get to spend time together. Uh, not that the couple get to spend much time together, except for the occasional lunch break. Out of a 10-hour day, we maybe see each other for two hours, Kayla said. Actually, at work, we're, we're not with each other at all. Anytime I get to see them, it's wonderful. Of course, uh, amidst all that picking, packing, and shipping, we had to know more about their love story. This is a piece from uh, our own uh, Channel 5. It started in the spring of 2017. We met online, and I messaged him, Kayla recalled. They arranged to meet in a park a half mile from her house. They locked eyes in a parking lot, and she said, Oh, my God, that has to be him. Kayla said, He's so dorky-looking and adorable. And his eyes lit up <laughs> when he started looking at me, and mine did, too. It was love at first sight. They got married a year later on Memorial Day 2018 in that same park. I'm very lucky she's an amazing woman, Larry said. Everything's looking just up, up, up for us. Now they're spending a lot of time at the center in December, both working 10-hour days, and the clock is ticking. Before Black Friday, the focus was on packages coming in from vendors and businesses, inbound peak, as employees call it. Now in the final days before Christmas, the focus is on an outbound peak, getting packages shipped to their final destinations. Right now, with the peak season going on, there's more packages going out than new products coming in, Larry said, checking through our outbound dock, making sure everything's put onto the right trucks to go where they need to go. I love this. They care. Right. They care about that. We, we might say, geez, you really want to work at an Amazon Fulfillment Center? Well, you right. do if you want to be the best you can at it. 
And I would imagine they're carving out a reasonably comfortable life for themselves, both earning whatever you earn for working 10-hour days. The company says it has has implemented 150 changes to ensure safety, including mandatory masks, providing supplies of personal protection equipment, social distancing, temperature screenings, one-way foot traffic, and enhanced cleaning of high touch points, all while keeping those packages moving. The sheer scale of an Amazon fulfillment center and the amount of uh, customer orders that are processed through this building, Fifield explained, is really astounding. Amazon said nationwide it's hired 200,000 seasonal employees this year. Wow. And has added 275,000 regular full-time positions since April. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? And here's a couple that's not complaining. They enjoy it. They enjoy each other. They they feel a sense of duty. I just thought that they needed to be uh, they needed to be highlighted. Larry and Kayla Spahala, because I know how to pronounce that name. How would the scenario play out if the three of us um, were tasked with working with our significant others for, let's say, 10, oh. 12 hours a day? Oh, oh, oh. Well, that'd be tough. <laughs> <laughs> that would be tough. Yeah. That would be tough. Yeah. 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 But it can happen. Sure, why not? And you know what? If they're happy... God bless but them. they're not working hand in hand. Chris. That's true. That's uh, true. I saw a news piece on this this morning. They're uh, they do see each other an hour or so a day, um, but they're not elbow to elbow at least. We are uh, anticipating or hopeful that we're going to be able to reach Jason Lewis, who served the term in Congress and then was just defeated in a uh, Senate race, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, to update you on that, uh, he is trying to find a window. To make himself available for us here in Garage Logic. Okay. Good. Does he know? Does he know what we're on the air right now? Yes. The reason I want to talk to Jason Lewis is uh, news is is breaking out on many sites, possibly not on the most conventional of the news gathering sites, but Fox News, Blaze, Washington Examiner. This uh, stimulus package, this so-called COVID relief bill, is preposterous. It is. It's a $900 billion bill, part of a $2.3 trillion omnibus spending package to fund the government through September. It, it includes far more than just stimulus checks. What I want to know, and I, I thought of Lewis because he'd be a, a good one to ask this. I, I'd like to know physically what happens. You arrive at your office in the morning, and what happens that you end up with a 5,500-page bill that includes not less than $15 million for gender programs in Pakistan. What? It includes that. Yes, it does. Gender programs in Pakistan. It funds new cars for federal HIV-AIDS workers. It establishes a climate security advisory council, according to Gabrian Media founder Tom Elliott. Money is even set aside to fund an investigation into the 1908 Springfield race riot and money to enforce horse racing integrity. What? How does this help, how does this help the struggling bar owner who's just laid off his 12 people? Uh, evidently, lawmakers thought it unacceptable not to provide funding for a museum to celebrate the life, art, history, and culture of women. 
Mm-hmm. And they made appropriate funding for programs to discourage teenagers from drinking underage and engaging in unsafe sex. Mm-hmm. Uh, they threw some money at the Smithsonian, too, didn't they? I yeah. did see that, yeah. You're going to pay, you and I, the taxpayers, we're going to pay $193 million for federal HIV AIDS workers stationed abroad to buy new cars. Well, sure. Why not, Joe? What a relief. Jeez. Town well, Hall reporter Beth Bauman even discovered a section of the bill where millions of dollars are set aside to monitor the climate change taking place in Tibet. I don't... That's their problem. Yes, thank you. That's thank their problem. You. Yes. In a blistering speech on the Senate floor, Senator Rand Paul denounced the bill and called out the so-called conservatives who abandoned their soul and their fiscal integrity to vote for it. If free money was the answer, if money really did grow on trees, why not give more free money? Why not give it out all the time? Paul said, why stop at 600? Why not a grand? Why not two grand? He said in reference to the forthcoming stimulus checks set to be distributed to every American. Maybe these new free money Republicans should join the Everybody Gets a Guaranteed Income Caucus. Why not 20 grand a year for everybody? Why not 30 grand? If we can print money with impunity, why not do it? The legislation passed in the Senate 91 to 6. Five Republicans, Ted Cruz, Marsha Blackburn, Rick Scott, Mike Lee, and Ron Johnson, joined Paul to vote against the bill. Prior to that, the bill passed in the House by a vote of 359 to 53, with only 53 members, 50 uh, Republicans, two Democrats, and one Independent disapproving. How does this happen? How does this, how does this happen that, that $900 billion of our money, which doesn't exist... It doesn't exist until we continue to pay more and more in federal taxes. How does mm-hmm. it? I really hope we hear from uh, the likes of, of Jason Lewis because I'm sure he has. I'm sure he knows the answer. And of all those people that placed a vote on this bill on this package, how many of them actually read the entire thing? What well, that's would you place the percentage on? That's an excellent Zero. question. Yeah, none because they weren't given enough time. And my question to you, Such, is that by design? So crap like this can pass. It says here, in fairness to the nation's lawmakers, they were only granted a handful of hours to review the more than 5,000-page document. Let me stop right there. Well, who is it that had the 5,000-page document in their hands and decided that lawmakers are only going to have two hours to digest this? See what I mean mm-hmm. about I want to know how this happens? Mm-hmm. This, we're being so poorly governed, it's, we're losing it. This is ridiculous. You're working your ass off in, in Minnesota to put food on your family. Mm-hmm. And you're going to buy a car for some HIV worker in Europe, and you're going to monitor the temperature in, in Tibet, and you're going to provide gender study programs in Pakistan. How does yeah. this happen? How does this happen? It's infuriating. Um, President Trump is saying the same thing. Yes, He's- Trump is... Trump... It's just dreadful that he was such a poor messenger because he has the right idea here. This is embarrassing, he said. What the hell is this? 600 bucks? It should be two grand. He's, he and AOC are on the same page today. Whoa. And Ilhan Omar. <laughs> Whoa. That's how upside down this world is right now. Ilhan but Omar they're, and they're Donald right. Trump are on the same page. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? I thought it was actually more. What Didn't Trump say three grand? Why is that sticking in Well, there? he had more for a family, I believe. I oh, believe. okay. Say, uh, 
Today's Wednesday, mm-hmm. so there's normal hours at Grunhofer's, and tomorrow is Thursday, Christmas Eve day, and mm-hmm. I'm going to refresh you with the uh, Grunhofer's Christmas Eve day hours, and they are 9 to 5 tomorrow, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. tomorrow, closed Christmas and then back open Saturday, 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. But Christmas Eve day tomorrow, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., possibly still time to get the prime rib, the ham, the tomahawk steaks, the thick-cut bacon, the salmon, the seasoning, the brats. Just think of the hors d'oeuvres these brats make. You have a little brat contest. You name them all, and you, you vote and see which ones you like the most. Rookie burgers, belly burgers. Honest to God, it's become the... The Garage Logic meat capital of the world. They sold 200 pounds of meatloaf last weekend. Uh, they're adding on because of you GLers. They're adding on. So get there. Uh, call them right now, maybe. That'll, that might help to see if you can reserve a ham or prime rib. Oh, 651. Joe, huh? Joe, a little late. Joe, are you huh? making up rules now for Spencer? Yeah, don't be doing that. <laughs> We're Why is this phone ringing already... Spencer's going to say? <laughs> <laughs> 651. I, I, I don't know, Joe. 651-426-2800. <laughs> 651-426-2800. Six five one four two six twenty eight hundred. That's the city desk at the Meat Emporium in the in uh, Hugo, right at the north oh, end what, of Hugo. What are we like? The board of trustees or something? Yeah, the board. Yeah. We're just making up rules for for Spence. Just trying to be helpful. That's just right. Trying to be helpful. That's Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo on Highway sixty one. Where else? Right at the north end of downtown Hugo. Well, it's Thursday already, and that means one thing and one thing only. Mr. Mike of Schoonover Body Works and Glass uh, on County E in Lexington and Shoreview is on the line. Uh, Mike, are you hunkered down? We are ready, willing, and able for anything. (laughs) My new favorite word is hunkered. Uh, uh, It's just today is a day to hunker. The roads are very, very sporty. And I just wanted to talk to GLers maybe a little bit about what to do in the event of a crash this afternoon, starting with uh, once we determine everything's okay and we exchange our uh, insurance info, can I just have my car towed right to your joint over there in Shoreview? Sure can. Yeah, absolutely, Kenny. So, you know, number one, I think when when folks, if they do get into a wreck, you know, just stay in your car and uh, be safe, number one. Uh, But then number two, just... Uh, call a tow truck um, and uh, just tell them that you want to have it towed to Schoonover Body Works and then let your insurance company know that it's uh, it's gonna it's on its way there and uh, we'll work with the insurance company to uh, get it taken care of. So you don't have you to say, take it to their special shops uh, because that's not in your best interest. You say that so matter-of-factly. Matter um, we'll deal with your insurance company. Mike, you have no idea how huge that is. That is, oh, it's just sometimes it's a real struggle for guys like me who have no patience. The fact that you and Nikki and the guys there will deal with the insurance company is a big deal. Uh, and one more thing I wanted to ask you, 30 Bales gift cards. You still peddling those things out for free? Well, almost we free are. anyway. <laughs> hey, they're, fly- they're flying off the shelves. I'm going to have to go back and get another batch. So it's, it's working out really well. So. You know, pretty much if uh, if you if you get an oil change or 
or uh, something that's that's minor, you know, you're going to get a $25 gift card. Anything more than that, you're going to get a $50 gift card. So um, we we the GLers have responded well. So not only are we uh, are we seeing the support from GL, but it's nice to see that 30 Bales is going to get some support, more support from GLers. You know what I just realized? It's Positive Wednesday. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything to you. I introduced you. I'm so used to talking to you on Thursdays that I just fast-forwarded 24 hours. Thursday in your world, Kenny. It is. Thursday is the new. Wednesday is the new Thursday. I don't know. Anyway, body works, glass, uh, general repair, oil, tires, 30 bales, gift cards. You get it all from Schoonover. They've been at it for uh, 80 years. And that's why you guys are always rated as one of the top shops in town. Thank you, GLers, for choosing SchoonoverBodyWorks.com. And, Mike, uh, thank you for being a part of Positive Wednesday. (laughs) See ya. (laughs) All right. Take care. Here's a man that made the switch months ago, Joe Souchere. Yeah, he did make the switch to Chill Boys and ChillBoys.com, and you should too, and join the rest of the Garage Logic staff. I got a great email from Bernice, said Reavers. Thank you for the recommendation. I bought the hub some new Chill Boys for Christmas this year. Love supporting the sponsors of GL. Keep up the great work. Well, thank you for that kind email. Go online, ChillBoys.com. May not be able to get it in time for Christmas, but maybe you're celebrating late this year like so many other families are around the great state of Minnesota. Uh, But place your order today. Talk to Julie. She is leading the charge of the best customer service team around. And all orders over $40, those ship fast and free throughout the entire United States. Maybe you have relatives in another part of the country. No problem. Chillboys.com will take care of you. Uh, Go online, see their entire selection of bamboo boxers, boxer briefs, performance t-shirts, sunglasses, so much more. Place your order, talk to Julie, and please let her know that you heard about it right here on the Garage Logic Podcast. Say, we're pleased to uh, discover that Jason Lewis will, in fact, join us. Yeah, in about five minutes. Coming up oh, shortly on great. the podcast. And I specifically thought of Jason Lewis because I would imagine he has deep thoughts about the way these bills are put together. It might have even motivated, motivated him in his wish to become a congressman, which he did. Uh, this is outrageous. And you hear Amy Klobuchar on other stations just as festive as hell about this. Oh, this is such great news for Minnesota. Well, instead of giving me 600 bucks, why don't you give me more and don't give it to the Pakistani Gender Studies Program? What in the hell is this? $600 doesn't do anything for anybody unless unless you're homeless, I guess, living in a tent. Then it's a big bump. But Such, yeah, but you uh, don't have an address, Kenny. That's <laughs> true. Go, so you can't get the check uh, anyway. One blue let, tent. <laughs> let me ask you a really dumb question: Does the president have line item veto, and could that come into play here, or is that just a dumb question? And he couldn't cross that crap out and say, "Okay, I'll sign this." Well, it's a good is question it, for Lewis. Uh, for all I know, he does have line item veto in this. I should have researched it. When I ask questions like that, I just see GLers rolling their eyes and going, oh, what a dummy. Um, Reeves, do you remember remember, uh, prior to the show, you were discussing with me 
uh, and you can tell us who it was, uh, tweets from a state official oh, wondering yes. about uh, violators of the uh, restrictions. So I, I forgive me who alerted me to this, but I really appreciate it. I think it might have been Josh that alerted me to this, but uh, it was in response to the Star Tribune post on December 17th about uh, Minnesota Attorney General's office sues bars that defied Governor Walz's ban on dine-in service, to which a woman by the name of Amy Bergquist and... This is kind of loaded, so pay attention here. Amy is the international human rights attorney uh, for the Advocates for Human Rights, uh, which is a state entity, and I can get into that description uh, in a minute. Uh, but she uh, sent out, hey, Minnesotans, please DM me your additions to the list of these businesses that are defying Executive Order 2099. To which then I said, hey, Amy, you seem like the kind of nerd that never got invited to parties in high school. Keep up the great work. Well, what help me understand what role she plays. What What is her office? Well, Joel, I'm glad you asked because thank you to Jim Wolf who pointed out, Reeves, look out the mission statement here. The mission of the Advocates for Human Rights is to implement international human rights standards to promote civil society and reinforce the rule of law by involving volunteers in research, education, and advocacy. We build broad con constituencies in the United States and select global communities. Huh? What? Huh? Is she a <coughs> Minnesota State employee? Uh, yes. Yes, she is. Does she work under the auspices of Keith Ellison? I don't mm. know the answer to that, but if she's asking for people to make additions to that, you one would have to assume so, wouldn't you? It, it seems uh, extraordinarily remotely connected to immigration policy. Joe, she created a bleeping spreadsheet broken down, Kenny, pay attention, by county, industry, business name, and the source of the information about violating the order. That's what our government is up oh. to right now, ladies and gentlemen. They're hunting us. Give me her name oh. again. Just a minute. I'm not ready for you to give it to me. Okay. Uh, let, 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 now I am. Oh, Amy. A-M-Y. I know. I'm a -M -Y. sorry. A-M-Y. I hate to do this to you before Christmas. Yeah. Bergquist. B-E-R-G-Q-U-I-S-T. Amy Bergquist. What's her title? Uh, Kenny, she is the international human rights attorney for, and, uh, for the Advocates for Human Rights. I have and no she's hunting Minnesotans. Yep. Uh, Such, to answer my own question, and I'm glad I caught it and uh, Googled it before you had a chance to ask Jason, uh, President does not have line item feedback. All right. Uh, so, it's uh, unclear to me calling up Amy Bergquist's bio here. It says, Senior Staff Attorney International Justice... Uh, that might be an entity, though, that is not necessarily a state office. Okay. Well, and all I, need, I need to establish that. Okay. Uh, let me try this one. Well, but the description that, uh, that Jim sent me does look like it's a state entity. She's a senior staff attorney, international justice program at the Advocates for Human Rights, Minneapolis, Minnesota. It sounds to me... Like, this is not necessarily a state agency, but she is a, uh, 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 an attorney for an activist group. Okay, I'm, I'm reading about them now, and uh, they're a nonprofit organization. Yeah, they're not a government site. You guys, she ha this spreadsheet has 144 different establishments that, t in their minds, have violated this executive order. 
I guess I'm just I guess I'm wearing my reporter's hat. Okay. And I, I'm trying to be uh, knowledgeable as to why uh, she would be interested in snitching on bars and restaurants that open up. Well, you know why. Oh, this will get this will get my foot in the door. Look at how good I'll look in the eyes of Governor <laughs> yeah, Walls and Keith Yeah, but no, Ellison. they don't do. Excuse me, but Chris, they don't do anything without a paycheck. So somewhere, somebody is. This is asking maddening. her oh. to do this. This is maddening. Well, it 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 might not be maddening. Uh, uh, she has every right in the world to wonder if people are following the law. I'm struggling to find out in what context she wishes to insert herself into this uh, development in this state. And that's what I'm... uh, Why don't we take a break and wait for Jason Lewis and let me do a little more homework on this because it's important to a piece I want to bring up later in the show. All right, that sounds good. Let's do that. Okay. Let Did you ever think liner. common sense oh. would be this much fun? Sorry, Joe Sushere. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a liner anyway. Stephen C., by the way, walking in the air. He's got his reporter's hat on that says press. <laughs> Joe <laughs> Sushere. A lot of work to do on this. Speaking of the press and reporting and the news, oh, my God, every day it's more of the same, and that includes... Our Second Amendment and uh, what's going to happen to it and the speculation. and We really don't even know what we can believe anymore. I know one thing, supply is tight on ammo, uh, but thanks, uh, thankfully us GLers, we've got DKMags.com on Old 8 and New Brighton and Monticello Pond and Gun to keep us supplied and stocked and informed. Plenty of firearms at both places, all varieties to choose from. Ammunition, yeah, but... You know the drill, GLers. It's the caveats. You can have a box, maybe two, but you can't you can't clear the shelf off. Thankfully, uh, with Christmas coming here in the next two days, oodles and oodles of accessories. So many fun accessories that uh, when I go into a DK Mags tomorrow, I'm not even bringing in my list. I'm just walking in empty-headed, and I'm just going to find a couple of cool accessories for stocking stuffers and go with that. That's how cool and awesome DK Mags is. Special orders, yeah, always easy. And if you're a vet or if you're in the service or, boy, if you're walking that thin blue line, thank you so much. You get an extra discount from DK Mags. You can check out all the firearms, dkmags.com, or even better, do like I do. Stop in either at Old 8 in New Brighton or at Monticello Pawn and Gun. Are we joined by Jason Lewis? He's on the line. Jason? Hey, Joe. How are you? You know what? I'm hanging in there, buddy. How are you? But I just wanted to remind you, we were supposed to do these interviews before the election. <laughs> well, wait, Joe. You better tell him about our track record. He's probably better off than we you did. are. You were better off not coming on with me because everyone who came on with me lost handily. I'll tell you. And you, we, you know what? We, you were able to lose yeah. handily on your own. <laughs> I don't need any help. You're no slouch yourself. No, no, you're a big slouch. <laughs> No, I thought know, if, you, if someone if someone would have told me that we would have got 1.4 million votes more than Norm, more than Rod, more than any other Republican in Minnesota history, mm-hmm. and outperformed the president by two points, the top mm-hmm. of the ticket, I would have told you I would have won. So right. it's strange times indeed. 
Strange times indeed, and I thought of you specifically this morning as Trump is fighting back against this stimulus package, the $900 billion coronavirus relief bill as part of a $2.3 trillion omnibus spending package. Let me ask you something. I became fascinated with wondering how this physically works and why were they yep. given two hours to vote on it? And Jason, what in God's name happens that results in a 5,500-page bill? Yeah, it really is fascinating, isn't it? The, I, I have said this since I got to Washington and since I left, and that is they confuse being busy with actually being productive. Mm-hmm. So you get to D.C. and your life is divided into 15-minute increments and you are going a mile a minute and you're never sitting down, reading the bills in, in totality, getting, getting that deliberative mentality where you're going through this and thinking about philosophy and economics and constitutionality and all the rest, because you're on the run all the time. So everything gets done in a ham-handed manner. And then, at the last minute, I ended up voting against two omnibus bills when I was serving uh, uh, in Congress for this very reason. You didn't have time to read them. It was a Christmas tree full of all these little ornaments. And it was just bad. Pol- it was a bad process and bad substance to boot. Now, I will say this. In the 115th, we did get to regular order for the first time in decades on the annual appropriations. But when you do not, and I don't want to get too far in the weeds here, but it simply means of the discretionary spending total, of which this is a part, you're supposed to have 12 separate bills go through the committees, get vetted, go to the floor, be debated, and then voted on and passed by September 30. When you get to September 29, and none of that has taken place. That's regular order. None of that has taken place. They wrap them all into one omnibus bill, give it to you two hours before September 30, midnight, and the government shuts down and tell you yay or nay. Who writes, is, who, yeah, writes, who writes the 5,000 pages? The committees. Um, the, the, the committees, in, in whether it's Ways and Means, whether it's Appropriations, whether it's Energy and Commerce, the A committees especially, the staff on those committees have um, a whole lot of power. And what? And I will say this, in addition to the committees obviously helping, it's the leadership. And this was a constant complaint by rank-and-file Republicans, I imagine Democrats as well, but that is the leadership that you elect to lead your party ends up uh, doing negotiations with Chuck Schumer. They agree to all these things. Then they plop it on the floor and say, here, uh, take it or leave it. I clearly would have voted no on this. And and the answer to the president is pretty simple. Um, The government created this problem, so the government needs to make people whole. And I think they created this problem unnecessarily with these lockdowns, as I've said time and time again. That's the only answer to get us out of this malaise. But since they did it, they owed the people some sort of sustenance. But what you do is you say, yeah, the president's right. Give him 2000 per family or 4000 for a family instead of 600 with nothing else in the COVID relief bill. How, did, how, did it, how does it come to be, for example, that we, the taxpayers, we're now going to spend $193 million to buy cars for federal HIV and AIDS workers stationed abroad? Nothing against HIV and AIDS workers, but why am I now buying them a car? How did that happen? What happens? How did how did, it, how did it happen that we're now going to vaccinate inmates on death row before people in nursing homes? Uh, essential workers, and everybody's vying uh, to be an essential worker. The, 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 
identity politics, the political correctness, the, the all of that, thanks to, I will tell you this, we are living in a, a Soviet-style sort of oppression of, of the culture that is dwarfing everything else. If you are on the wrong side of a particular issue and you are not deemed sensitive enough on this issue or that issue to the resistance, your life will be turned upside down. And the media has totally gone in 100%, and that's what's guiding all of this. But, but let me give you a perfect example to your question. When I, again, when I was in, in the House, um, there were military hawks, Liz Cheney and others, who wanted to plus up the military. I wanted to plus it up, but not as much as they wanted to plus it up because we've got a $27 trillion debt. We can't do it. And we can't be in all these wars all over the world. But I, I thought it was dilapidated a little bit, so I said, let's plus it up to 603. Oh, no, no, 729, 750, and it kept going, going, going. Finally, here's what happened. They said, leadership came to us and said, well, okay, here's the deal. If you want to plus up the, the Pentagon this much, you think Chuck Schumer in the Senate's going to say, Okay, go right ahead and we'll cut welfare. We'll cut public assistance. He said, no, the price for doing that is this. And they jacked up everything else. And mm. that's what that's the final package that comes back. So if you want 600 bucks to a family, Chuck Schumer and the Democrats say the price for doing that, if you want a relief bill, is this and this and this. How, and nobody's how could, got the guts to say no. Uh, oh. How could it come to be? that uh, the relief bill, for example, sets aside funds to investigate the 1908 Springfield race riot. Now, I'm not done with my question to you. Uh, uh, how does it, could that have been the work of a staffer and it just floats through the process and ends up in part of the 5,500 pages? So obviously you don't care about race. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's that's what you get if you question. You're right, Jason. If that's you throw point. the question out there, you're racist. Gender so, studies in Pakistan, fifteen million dollars. Oh. Well, you're, you're true to your misogynistic roots, Joe. You don't care about <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All of this is what's driving yes. this nonsense. Now, those particular provisions were put there by Democrats and Democrat committee staffers. There's no doubt about that. Some of the other provisions were put there by the State Department. Mm -hmm. uh, because they love foreign aid. But, but all of this is a result of a dysfunctional system that, that unfortunately, though, in, in 2020, I mean, this, is, this is the bizarre situation we find ourselves in. And frankly, right here close to home, it's why we're going to lose a congressional seat. Uh, we're going to count I illegal immigrants in the census, and we're going to lose a congressional seat. Now, that's putting Minnesota first, but that's where the Star Tribune was, that's where Democrats were, and that's what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. But but all of it screams out to, to, to rein in the swamp. And unfortunately, the swamp won in 2020. I mm -hmm. mean, they won. Mm -hmm. um, you've got a state where you have riots in the street, property mm -hmm. being burned, people being looted, robbed, homicides up to 100 a year. You've got lockdowns on small business while online shoppers, Amazon billionaires, get, get profits uh, up the yin-yang, right? Yeah. And yet, yeah. we, voted, we voted for that. We voted to continue that. Mm -hmm. oh. So you get the government you deserve in the final analysis if, in fact, and, of course, meantime, there's absolutely zero voter fraud in Minnesota. I can assure you that. <laughs> 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 yeah, thank you. <laughs> who, who, uh, who literally 
has the 5,000-page document in their hands and then doesn't deliver it until the members of the House and Senate have two hours to read it. Who is that person? And why does that person have that power? Specifically, this was negotiated by McConnell and Schumer. Okay. That's where the blame should lie. Now, they had all those committee staffers with them, dotting the I's and crossing the T's, but they just get it done before the government shuts down. You know, they're going to, this is a little bit like getting your kid to go to the dentist, right? You don't need to, good parenting is not getting your kid to go to Pizza Hut. It's getting them to go to the dentist. Right. And they're going to wait until the last minute when they absolutely have to do it. And that's what they do each and every time, because there's no penalty for this. Um, We need to go back to the Reagan doctrine and just say, let's shut the government down if we don't get a bill and see if anyone notices. We can't afford, literally afford, to be this poorly governed. Well, literally, we can't afford it. Right. Think about this. I mean, we have $27 trillion in debt. If interest rates go up a point, it blows the fisk right out of the water. Because you're floating this debt at very low interest rates right now, but that's not going to stay forever. The the other thing to this, and, and this is literally, and this is the other problem with these COVID relief bills, it bails out the lockdown lobby. So it bails out the Dr. Fauci's and the Dr. Burks's and the Tim Walls and everybody that loves the power, the, the absolute power that comes with these lockdowns, telling people literally not to, not to hug grandma at Christmas. I mean, what, what sort of insatiable power grab are we dealing with here? I, and yet, this, is, this bails that out. This says, don't worry about the lockdown, we'll send you a check. We ought to be saying, no, we're not sending anybody a check. We're opening up Minnesota now. Okay, let me ask you something I've said for ages on the show now, and that's, I'm playing devil's advocate. What's in it for Walls to destroy Bob's bar? What's in it for him? Well, this is sort of what's in it for um, the lobbyists in D.C., you look at, uh, and I, you know, I don't want to sound like sour grapes. Far be it from me, Joe. I know you're not that kind of guy. <laughs> no, not that kind of guy. Where that, where my opponent got her money, it was from these massive lobbyists and trade associations in Washington. It was from international. It was from Google and Amazon and Apple and big tech. What they ought to do with this COVID relief bill is simply go back and say, "Here's what we're going to do. We're going to strip everything else out. We're going to throw two thousand at families. We're, then we're going to open up." Oh, and one other thing in this bill. We're going to repeal Section 230 of the Telecommunications Act of 1996, and these big tech monopolies are not going to censor anybody anymore. Mm-hmm. That's what we ought to do. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, I, I, think think I, I think first. I mean, you've got to vote no. you just got to vote no yeah. on this. Yeah. Stuff. And, they, and, and what, to your point, Joe, their willingness to do this is affirmation that they don't think people have the guts to say no. I voted against two omnibus bills. I voted against breaking the budget sequester. I was a lone voice in my party on that one, um, that, that we finally actually had some fiscal discipline with the, with the bipartisan budget sequester, uh, the Budget Control Act of 2012. So <clears throat> you just got to be willing to vote no on this, and they don't think they are. They lead life on their own separate rail of America, it seems to me. Uh- I don't. We are, we are being governed by that, aren't we? We are yeah. being governed by absolutely that that aren't hurt by the lockdowns, right? Is no. Amazon hurt by the lockdowns? No, they got record stay-at-home profits. Right, right. Big tech, Netflix, yeah. not a chance. Tim Walls, the no. teachers' unions are now saying 
give us our full pay and benefits. We just don't want to work. Right. Right. So is that who Amy Klobuchar is kowtowing to her when she comes on my TV this morning and tells me how good this $600 a piece is for the average Minnesotan when she, she knows that $600 isn't jack bleep? It's nothing. Well, it doesn't help a thing. Not going to bail out Bob's bar, is it? Nope. So is are those the interests that she's kowtowing to? Look, I think this was a perfect storm for the totalitarian instincts of the left. What could be better than a virus that's invisible and will destroy the world unless we tell you how to lead your life? Yeah, it's it got the like country it. in Minnesota under house arrest. This is the power they've craved for decades. and they're expo- That's why I sued the governor. Mm-hmm. They're exploiting this for political purposes. And here's the other thing. Show me one area, including Minnesota, where the lockdown has worked. Mm-hmm. So we were told, you know, we're going to have a lockdown to, to, to flatten the curve and let medical um, facilities catch up. We did that in March. But after that, we continued the lockdown. Well, how are we doing today? Well, apparently it didn't work. Now we're doing it again, and it's still not working. Now the virus is mutating, so they're going to set up for more lockdowns here. This is so patently un-American and unconstitutional to boot, it's hard to believe that, that people go along with it. But now... Wearing a mask and locking down has become virtue signaling. You are a good person if you do that, and you're a bad person if you don't. And the media chime in, they reinforce it. The social media cesspool reinforces it. And so we're living in a sort of this totalitarian state where it's like Stalin's young pioneers. You, you either you know, toe the line or your, your son or daughter will, will turn you into the government. Well, I'm going to speak about that when we're... Uh, when we let you go, you've—I <sighs> I sense that you get up and you read the paper and you see fifty-five hundred-page omnibus bill and, for COVID relief, and nothing about it surprised you. No, not really. I mean, well, again, I voted against two of them when I yeah. was in Congress. This is the way it's done. Um, what surprises me is a country that's become, or a state for that matter, if you believe the, the turnout and the, the figures that has become so complacent with this sort of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I, you would have thought that if there are riots in the streets and we're giving up police precincts, if we're refusing to, to, to prosecute violent hoods in the street, and yet we're prosecuting Bob's bar, mm-hmm. then there'd be a revolt. Yeah, you'd think so. You'd think, yeah. And that's, that worries me more than anything. All right. Thank you, sir. Thanks, yeah, Jason. Thanks, uh, we'll stay yeah. in touch. Yeah, all right. Thank you. All right, man. Th- thank all you. Right. Thank you. Oh, that was good. That was good. Wow. And troubling. Good and troubling. But he's right. Even his very last point, he was absolutely right. Yep. I'm completely on board with that. Okay, I'd like to dovetail, because this is very germane of something I wanted to bring up today, and it's going to dovetail uh, smoothly with Jason Lewis. Uh, Reavers, let's again get back to... The tweet you discovered by a woman named Amy Bergquist. I've established she's not a state of Minnesota employee. She works for a nonprofit called the Advocates for Human Rights. And you uh, were you alerted to a tweet of hers, or yes. did you just find it? No, uh, I was alerted to it. I'm going to see if I can find the original source that alerted me to it here. Give me, give me just a minute. Because uh, we got a so lot of response is, once I uh, once I sent this out. She is working for somebody. 
Oh, well, I, again, I'm trying to discern how she uh, has a reason to insert herself into this controversy. All right, it, so it, this was originally sent to me by a gentleman by the name of Brent, whose Twitter handle is <laughs> President-elect Dr. Brent. All right. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> but you can understand my concern that I don't want to uh, play off news that is created on uh a Twitter account, which I think is ridiculous. Right, right. So I, I need. So help me, Chris. What are you going to read me? Oh, uh, you want the original tweet that she sure. had sent? Okay, sure. sorry, sorry. I wasn't wasn't exactly sure what you uh, what you were after. All right. So this was sent in response to a Star Tribune article on December seventeenth, when she uh, in response to uh, Ellison suing uh, bars and restaurants, and she said, "Hey, Minnesotans, please DM me, DM me your additions." to this list of businesses that are defying Executive Order 20-99, which is the Minnesota businesses openly violating the Executive Order. Okay, And, and, and that tweet was written under what handle? Amy Birdquist. And it's not an uncommon name. Sure. Do we know that that's the Amy Birdquist, who is a lawyer for the Advocates for Human Rights. You, do you see the problem I'm having? What, yeah, yeah, what in her yeah. role as an advocate for human rights, what in her role at that nonprofit has compelled her to introduce herself to this controversy? And I can't establish that. Well, wouldn't you almost equate it to what Jason just talked about, how uh, it's virtue signaling? This is a woman who, who is going along with this, and anyone in violation of that executive order is evil. No, my answer to that would be no, because I don't know that about her. Okay. I don't know that about her. But if you read uh, the, uh, the description of the Advocates for Human Rights, it says the Advocates for Human Rights envisions a world in which every person lives with dignity, freedom, justice, equality, and peace. We are a nonprofit, volunteer-based organization that investigates and exposes human rights violations such as violence against women, represents immigrants and refugees in our community who are victims of human rights abuses, trains and assists groups that protect human rights, and uses research, education, and advocacy to engage the public, policymakers, and children in our mission of implementing international human rights standards to promote civil society and reinforce the rule of law. There is nothing in that statement that would suggest to me that she had any reason whatsoever to uh, call for snitching on bars and restaurants in Minnesota. Well, the day before well, that, I, Joe, she also said, yeah, let's crowdsource on, a complete list yeah. of the businesses that are joining Reopen Minnesota's initiative to defy state health regulations. ROM's list has a lot of anonymous businesses. Who's open? Let's fill in the blanks. Right. Can and she did, these, she did these as answers to Star Tribune tweets. They were both Star Tribune tweets. Are you comfortable that you're reading uh, yeah, Amy Bergquist, I, who is with the Advocates for yes, Human Rights? Yes, 100%, Joe, uh, because in her bio, it's listed as the International Human Rights Attorney uh, at Advocates. They have their own Twitter account for human rights. So, so in essence, then, we've discovered a non-state employee who is uh, on board with uh, making sure we all enforce uh, the governor's rules. Right. Would that Correct. be a reasonable statement? Yeah. Well, let me let me add to that when we come back, please. Could I take a water break? Oh, you certainly can, Joe. Yeah. But how about first I tell you about a Harmony Spirits break? So you're going to take a booze break. break. I'd rather have <laughs> that break. 
Hey, holiday season is upon us, and Harmony Spirits wanted me to take the time to thank all of you GLers that have made Harmony Spirits a part of your rotation. We mentioned this, but it's worth repeating that the Barrel Proof Barrel Proof? Barrel Proof Bourbon Whiskey was the Las Vegas Wine and Spirits Silver Medal winner. Isn't that a big deal in Vegas? That's a massive deal in Las Vegas. So congrats to our friends at Harmony Spirits. Their gin, by the way, uh, did receive the bronze medal, too. So handcrafted spirits made right here in our own backyard in Harmony, Minnesota. And they are very thankful for the partnership here in Garage Logic. But go into your local liquor store, if you have not done so already, and ask for the Harmony brand by name. That is going to continue to propel them to great heights in 2021. Please stop into the taproom when they are allowed to reopen, according to Governor Walls and uh, Keith Ellison, and tell them you heard about it right here on the Garage Logic Podcast. I've got a buddy, Bob, who has three New Year's resolutions every year, and truth be told, he rarely succeeds at accomplishing his goals. He's not alone, by the way. Only 10% of us do accomplish our New Year's resolution. Then it hit me. Bob should call the Canopy Group. Why? Bob wants to read more, and I'm not going to be able to read to him. Bob wants to lose 20 pounds, and I'm sure not the guy to help him with that. But I can help him with his third resolution, and that is to save money. How's he going to do that? that by handing this resolution over to the 30 professionals at the Canopy Group. They will help Bob save money on his home and auto insurance and have better coverage at the same time. There's 16 companies assure Bob's success, not only just this year, but they will do this for Bob every year to be sure he has the best coverage at the best price. New clients save more than $800 annually. Hand your New Year's resolution over to the Canopy Group and be part of the 10% with good old Bob who succeeds in accomplishing at least one of their New Year's resolutions, call 800-967-3389 or visit thecanopygroup.com. All you bobs out there, get with it. 800-967-3389 or visit thecanopygroup.com. We want to scramble today, Chris. All right, all right. Maybe we'll have two today, or two this week. Yeah, that's all right. It's Christmas. Patrick, I don't have a lot of sports on my mind. Well, uh, there's, uh, we got the uh, Timberwolves opener this evening. Ooh, the lid lifter. Yeah. Yep. Detroit Pistons. Uh, Who knew? <laughs> and they won't let any people in, but it'll be hard to tell the difference. But anyway, you know. <laughs> I've been sitting on that line all morning. Are you going? Because they're going to allow you in the building, right? I am going to go, sure. I'm. Yeah. If I can't make it from Golden Valley, they're in trouble because I'm about five minutes from the arena, which will be a half hour today. But I was out an hour ago, and uh, we got cars driving, man. We got some. Uh, the the uh, I, I tried to stop at a grocery store. Forget that. Oh, and, yeah. then, uh, and then uh, there's uh, the... the uh, Crosstown was brutal. I didn't take it, but I saw it. Patrick, I'm up here on the edge of the prairie, and it's like the stories you read about Pa Ingalls, where he got lost in a blizzard walking from the barn to the house. (laughs) That's how strong. Yeah, that's how strong the wind is right now. Yeah. Yes. Well, I make. I made a frantic call to my uh, snowplower, who might have forgotten that we even exist anymore, to say, "Put me on the list." 
Yeah. This is heart attack snow, ladies and gentlemen. This is keel over three shovel full snow. This is heavy stuff. I have an admission to make, Patrick. On my knack scale in the garage, I have yet to lay in some snowblower gasoline. i got to oh. leave after the show and get some gas. Because <laughs> I'm not shoveling this by hand. No. Well, I uh, no, I'll, I'll do my sidewalk, which is about four feet long, but that's about it. You know, I, Pat, you're reminding me, um, speaking of the Timberwolves, I believe it was right almost exactly a year ago, if I'm not mistaken, that um, Joe sent a bunch of family members to a Wolves <laughs> we, game. We had discussed that the other day. <laughs> and uh, and uh, it was a bunch of little ones that he had sent to the Wolves game, and they left early, and his response was, they didn't get my money's worth. <laughs> <laughs> they really did. Did, you make a grand? Did, you, did that make a grand before the night was over? Oh, God, yes. Oh, really? Oh, Sooch. Oh, Sooch. Oh. Well, I didn't give him bad tickets, for God's sake. Oh, yeah, yeah he, gave him good, he gave him the good seats. He had good sure. seats. Oh. Do you know that I did a little early column about how bright this organization was, how cutting edge it was when it started? Because the guys that Stein hired, seven or eight guys that he hired and a couple of women, as their marketers and stuff, all ended up running franchises. You know, one was the older Lewicki, Tom, Tim. Uh, they got seven or eight of them that ended up running franchises, running buildings, running businesses. And, uh, of course, the trouble was the savings and loan disaster hit. And Marvin, you know, Marvin Harp were building their own building. They were paying for that target center. Mm-hmm. And right in the middle of it, the savings and loan thing hit them. And these weren't guys with $300 million in the bank. They had some money, but they weren't, you know, filthy rich guys. And they ended up having to write all these loans, take out these loans like these bridge loans that they, uh, that they had to personally, you know, it wasn't the Timberwolves, it wasn't the NBA, it was them that was on the hook. And that's why they ended up, putting it up for sale after in 94 because uh, it was uh, Bob Stein. I talked to him yesterday and he was running. He says they had two choices, sell or go broke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they, so they uh, went to New Orleans, you know, they, they were going to go to New Orleans. Although I think that was pretty much a bluff all along to try to get somebody to come out of the weeds and buy the franchise. And, and uh, they ended up, uh, you know, Glenn Taylor came in and bought them. But, but uh, Glenn, you know, the first year he comes in, uh, they did tenants. They didn't sell any tickets that whole summer, right? Because they mm-hmm. didn't even know if they were leaving or not. So their their attendance plunged at, after that year, and it never, you know, they came back when they were winning there. But it's they they that edge they had early when you know they held the wild. One reason the wild are here and the North Stars left is because Norm was didn't feel like he you know because the basketball was taking away a lot of his business he thought so anyway that was uh i was uh going off on that well it's today. a the, the covid's a shame because these nights before christmas whether it's hockey or basketball they oh, tend yeah. to sell well and be festive and yeah I, I, I gotta give you guys one stat yep from the first game ever played in the metrodome first timberwolves game yep you watch a game now, if you can, and you see, what, 33s by each team? Yep. Yeah. 
33 pointers. We're just throwing them up. The Chicago Bulls were here with Michael Jordan. He scored 45, took one three, and missed it. It was the only three pointer that the Bulls attempted. Wow. And the Timberwolves attempted five when they were trying to come back. They went 0 for 5. So hmm. not one three pointer in the first game. Tonight we'll have. 25 of them. When did uh, the three-pointer come into the league? When did that happen? It's always been in the league. Always? Uh, oh, it, yeah, no, not always. Yeah. But it's, you know, Since it was the way 80s, before right? college basketball. Yeah, those well, 70s. It was way before college oh. basketball. They had it. Okay. But nobody shot it. The coach said, what the hell are you doing? Throw yeah. them all inside. <laughs> hey, Pat. That, get that 15-foot jumper. We don't want that 23-foot one. Now if you get to take a 15-foot jumper, they release you. Pat, so uh, you're a big was there a, well, Wait a second, Chris. Was there a year when everything changed, or was it just a gradual um, uh, evolution? Gradual analytic evolution, kind of like the strikeout, Kenny. The strikeout used to be bad. Now nobody gives a damn. And uh, this, <laughs> you know, the, the statistics tell them if they shoot 35% from threes, that's better than 52% on twos, you know. So, anyway, it's all analytics. It's it's basically made the game unwatchable. But I did like the news that, did you see what happened to Houston superstar James Hart? Yep, that's where he wants wants out, doesn't he? Went to the strip club. Yep, strip club. Oh, that's right. Strip club without a mask. (laughs) Same place, the quarterback from Washington. You know what we say about this, don't you? Mm-hmm. Undefeated. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but isn't it funny? Nobody questions that he's going to a strip club. Everybody just questions. Was he wearing a mask? a mask? Yeah. Why yeah. would you go and pay good money to go to a strip club and wear a mask? If you're going to a strip club, you're not wearing a mask, right? <laughs> I don't think uh, you should. No. Are the uh, are the entertainers wearing masks? <laughs> are they are they g-string masks? <laughs> I don't know. That'd be something if they were all out there, bare ass naked, and wearing a mask. That would be yes. that would just be yes. parody. You know, I think <laughs> some of the places that Kenny frequents, you know, over there in the Hitherland, they they would prefer that the girls put the mask on. <laughs> well, my chill boys are all in the laundry, so that's where I wore my mask today. So oh, okay, wow. Hey, really quick, Pat. I know you're a huge fan of the uh, the NBA on TNT pregame show. Did you see the uh, the the pregame show to the uh, Lakers and the Clippers last night, the season debut. No, is Charles on? So uh, they had the promo where Shaq was pretending to take a free throw with the giant Christmas tree in the background, and Barkley pushed the button, and the tree came down and knocked him right over. It was fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we all worry about Charles' weights. How's Shaq looking? Last time I saw him, man, oof. He's got to be three seventy. Yeah, he he was he looked pretty big last night. Yeah, well, he, he was doing those car ads, man, and uh, and trying to get into those uh, smaller vehicles. I I don't think that worked too bad. Holy man, cow! It's Christmas. Are you going to make an appearance, uh, Patrick? Is this one of your appearances at the uh, Catholic uh, Church? Yeah, I'm supposed to. Yeah, uh, he's I a cheater. I, Christmas Eve is not going to work this year. I prefer Christmas Eve, but uh, I might make the one at the St. Olaf's got a good one where they sing, so I might I might make that one at 
10 in the oh. morning or so. Right. I might make her. I might make her. It depends upon, you know, it's a COVID time. I'm 75 years old. I'm high risk. So when I get no, up there, no, when, I get, no. when, I, when I get up there to, at the pearly gates, and they said, "Yeah, you missed Sunday mass 607 times," and I can say, "Yeah, but that one Christmas it was snowing and it was the middle of the COVID, so you can't hold first, you can't hold that one again." Well, Patrick, first of all, that should be worth extra. Yeah, Take the assumption. Just the assumption alone that you're going to be strolling through the pearly gates. And then the fact that you'll go anywhere and everywhere except church due to COVID. Uh, I, 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 I don't know, man. Somebody, uh, somebody about it on Twitter about a month ago said, I wonder what darts make it looking down on this. And I said, that's quite a presumption you're making there, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> he at least had to do a little time at the yellow light. <laughs> Otherwise known as purgatory. Right. <laughs> yes, it was not uh, zip oh. right on. Come on up, darky. You can't drive oh. your way into there, can you? I don't know. Oh, my goodness. Oh, It was uh, so, yeah, I... I you know, I'd like, let's put it this way, I'd like to. Very good. Yeah. Well, I'm All counting right. on you. Hey, good luck tonight. Like you say, if you can't get there, they're in big trouble. Yes, they are. Uh, and, uh, you know, the good thing about a blizzard, I'm going to be downtown going to a parking lot later tonight. Yep. Nobody will be out. Nope. So I hope so. Yeah, okay. All right, Merry Christmas. Goodbye. Yes, sir. Thank All right. You. Very good. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, yes. And you have time at EcoFund Motorsports uh, today. Of course, they're open. And tomorrow, Christmas Eve day, EcoFund Motorsports in Forest Lake is open from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. And wouldn't you be the popular Santa when you waltz in with a, a bike that you got $200 off the year-end sale prices? That's what all GLers are getting, an additional $200 off the year-end sale prices on all Bintelli scooters and e-bikes. Popstar and Rockstar fat tire electric bikes at the lowest price of the year, $12.99. Great Yamaha clothing on sale, 20% off through Christmas. All those great scooters that turn every adventure into, every errand into adventure. The youth recreational equipment, youth snowmobiles and ATVs. Great apparel, great service department. Man, you will be the Santa of your family and your neighborhood by making a trip to EcoFund Motorsports. It's on Highway 61. Where else? It's right in downtown Forest Lake. And they're open tomorrow, Christmas Eve day, from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Closed uh, closed Christmas Day, of course, and then open again on Saturday 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. And again, from now until Christmas. So that means what? 24 hours or so. Mm -hmm. You are, you, all GLers get an additional $200 off the year end sale prices of all Bintelli scooters and e bikes in stock. They become very popular. It's a popular place. They're flying off the shelves. And uh, I'll never forgive the kid who stole mine. So that means I have another appointment at EcoFund coming up. I might wait till we get closer to spring, although I do want to take advantage of this sale. That's EcoFund Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake, right on Highway 61.
University of Garage Logic, 98. College of Self-Esteem, zip, nada, nothing. Here's Joe Suchere. Hey, our friends at Ray and Welter Heating and Air Conditioning, they want to remind you to support your local restaurants. This has been one of the toughest years imaginable, and the holiday season is usually one of their busiest times. And we all know it, their doors are closed. But they're trying to save that business by offering great takeout food. So it would be wonderful if you could show your support for, oh, I don't know, places like Saks Sports Bar over in Vadness Heights, Lucky 13s with many locations, including Mendota, Bloomington, Burnsville, Plymouth, Roseville, and Yankee Tavern over in Egan. And also don't forget about our friends at 30 Bales Restaurant in downtown Hopkins. They are open till 7 o'clock both today and tomorrow. Yes, Christmas Eve, they are taking orders up until 7 o'clock, and I am definitely taking advantage of that uh, tomorrow. Probably going to do the, the drummies again, maybe the short rib tacos, the short rib pot pie, and a couple of burgers for the boys. But check out that entire menu from that scratch Midwest kitchen online at 30bales.com. And the best part about their takeout, you call, that food's ready in about 20 minutes. So let's help out these folks, GLers. Anything that you can do would be greatly appreciated. And thanks once again to Ray and Welter Heating and Air Conditioning for sponsoring our drive to support these great establishments. And if you have any heating needs this holiday season, check them out online at welterheating.com. Joe? There was a great opinion piece in this morning's Wall Street Journal written by a guy named David Satter. Uh, He is the author of The Age of Delirium, The Decline and Fall of the Soviet Union, and he is a member of the Academic Advisory Board of the Victims of Communism Memorial Foundation. I can't read you the whole thing, but I'm going to read you a few paragraphs that have become absolutely eerie in light of the discovery that, for example, on Twitter, you can find people believing that us, Minnesotans, should be turning each other in, for example, mm-hmm. for violations of... Pardon? I said it's just embarrassing. Yeah, for violation of COVID restrictions. Uh, this David Satter writes, On Christmas Day 1991, Mikhail Gorbachev, president of the Soviet Union, gave his farewell speech and more than seven decades of Russian revolutionary socialism came to an end. A generation later, the spirit of the Soviet Union has reemerged with mass support in the U.S. When I arrived in Moscow in 1976 to begin a six-year stint, As a correspondent, I was struck by the red flags flying from government buildings and the somber streets devoid of advertising except for garish posters showing workers with clenched fists demanding an end to the arms race. The title of his piece is called Soviet Politics American Style, and the gist of it is what he saw during his time in the Soviet Union he's beginning to see here. If a student tried to raise questions, he was expelled from the Komsomol, the Communist Youth League. That ended any hope of a career. I knew a young man in Moscow who refused to be intimidated and continued to ask questions. He was committed to a mental hospital. The Soviet style has become reality in the U.S. Speakers are routinely canceled on ideological grounds. In July, the College of the Atlantic in Bar Harbor, Maine, canceled a virtual talk with Leonard Lee of the Federalist Society because of the moment of reckoning our society is going through. At my alma mater, the University of Chicago, the English department announced that it would only accept applicants interested in working and with black studies. The Soviet Union finally counted on the readiness of people to betray even family and friends. Mm -hmm. The regime held up Pavel Morozov as a martyr. The regime held up a citizen named Pavel Morozov as a martyr. He lived in a village in the Ural Mountains, 
when the regime was collectivizing agriculture. When Pavel learned that his father was helping peasants hide grain, he walked 35 miles to the nearest town to report his father to the secret police. His father was arrested and Pavel was stabbed to death by relatives. I thought of Pavel Morozov when I read a June op-ed in the New York Times by Chad Sanders, a black writer. He told his white friends that he didn't need their love texts and suggested that instead they cut off contact with family members until they sent money to Black Lives Matter or joined the protests. The antidote to fidelity to the antidote the antidote is fidelity to higher values, but that requires a moral seriousness in a world uh, that a world at peace and enthralled to superficialities does not inspire. The West does not know and does not want to know what shaped it, writes Cardinal Robert Sarah, a Guinean prelate. This self-affixiation leads to new barbaric civilizations. The Soviet Union is dead, but its ghost wanders an unsettled world. Finding a lodestar for society's moral development is the most important challenge facing the U.S. today. I, t- I took nothing out of context here, except that, except I will offer, I think, a ray of hope. Oh. I don't think a complete Soviet-style takeover of this country is possible, and I'll tell you why. I think that at least 50% of the population in America would put up a a terribly significant resistance. I just don't think it can happen. I I think it happened uh, in in, uh, Russia and the Soviet Union in the teens and the early 20s for completely different reasons why it happened, because they uh, they were not wealthy. They had not experienced much freedom, and they thought that the state would come in and take care of them. It right. was only when they realized that that was not possible that seven decades of that ended finally. But the uh, they did count on the readiness of people b- to betray even family and friends. I don't think that will pass in this country. I don't think it will. And I, I believe you just for the simple fact, who is the lady we just got done being baffled about? Uh, Amy Bergquist. So I'm reading her tweets, and then I'm reading the pushback, uh, the people responding to her tweets. And a lot of them are GLers, I recognize. Josh was one of them, Josh Crook. And a lot of guys follow me, and uh, she was getting significant pushback. But it's so interesting that you read this piece, Such, because it was just yesterday. We've got a weird UHF system up here where we can get... I don't know, 20, 30 channels, old school, over the antenna, UHFY. And I'm on one of these channels, doesn't have a guide, doesn't have a description, don't know what you're watching. And it's some old black and white documentary from just after World War II. And it was laying out the history of the Soviet Union and Russia from basically World War I up until post-World War II. And everything that you just read they showed mm-hmm. and it was and, it, and i'm sitting there watching this just baffled mouth agape because everything that i was seeing is happening right now in this country I, same I think, exact thing i don't think it'll succeed i don't well, well, we're, we're well, not going to be taken over no you're right and there's one caveat this was kind of being crammed down their throats as here in the united states it's kind of a soft even though it's violent and blm and antifa are violent it's a softer approach but 
what's happening is the same thing. Turn in your neighbors, turn in your family. Uh, the state is here to provide for you. You don't need private property. You know, they got rid of private property. Nobody owned anything. Well, they and they collectivized, were they collectivized yeah. grain, which is why Pavel went and blew the whistle on his own father. Yeah, yeah. Well, but I, I think you're right, Joe. I think you're right. We're, we will push back. But I don't know if this will change your guys' opinion based after you know what we heard from Jason Lewis earlier in the program, but Jordy just alerted me to some breaking news regarding the stimulus checks from our great friends at the Babylon Bee. Uh, Nancy Pelosi has just announced that every $600 check will also come with a free slice of cake. <laughs> well, let them eat. Hey, I mean, that's, that's good news. Do you know that the University of Minnesota has put out a COVID-19 holiday gathering risk calculator? Oh, boy. Oh, thank mm -hmm. goodness. Mm -hmm. Thank goodness. At your gathering, yep. there is a 5% chance that someone infected with the novel coronavirus will attend. Mm -hmm. If someone attends while infectious, we would calculate one to two new infections from this gathering. If 10% of households in Minnesota also host the same size gatherings, a total of 24% of Minnesotans would be attending gatherings with an expected 17,119 new infections, 5,649 <laughs> New cases and 226 new hospitalizations oh. on top of the existing infection rates in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. These estimates are only for the primary infections resulting from these holiday gatherings. Each newly infected person may expose others resulting in secondary infections and beyond. We, if we are to trust the testing process, what if 15 people were to gather and all 15 had been tested within the last week, and all 15 received negative tests. Would there still be a 5% chance that someone infected would be among the 15? Um, could be. Well, it asks, we, it, that, 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 would, that, would, that would suggest to me that I'm supposed to uh, treat, the, uh, treat the test warily, with right. suspicion. Right. So even though... You're in the clear. You're not in the clear. And this gets back to what we've, you and us now have been hammering for the last couple of weeks. And I think it's a solid topic. Risk. Mm -hmm. Risk. I need a, you know what I, I need me. I need me a Christmas scramble. Wednesday. <laughs> or Thursday, if Whatever. you're me. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's Thursday in my world. I don't know. <laughs> it's a scramble! Oh, you're darn right it is. Only! Because they come to us all the way from Mumbai, India. And our it's friend Tom... Our friend Tom Lyman, I was inquiring about him yesterday, and he notes on yesterday's podcast, you asked how long we were going to be in Mumbai. We hope to leave Mumbai on January 12. We have flights booked to Marloth Park, South Africa. Back on March 20, we had flights booked back, back on March 20, 2020. We had flights booked for Mumbai to Marloth Park, South Africa. We went to the Mumbai airport, and after several hours, the airline refused us boarding the flight huh. due to South Africa closing their borders. The only they only recently reopened them. We then had to find a hotel that was still open and still allowing new guests to check in. Hope we have a better experience with the airline this time. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, and to you. Tom Lyman. And on this day in uh, 
1846. A bill was introduced in Congress to create a territory called Minnesota, M-I-N-A-S-O-T-A. Although the bill failed, that is the first legislative use of the name. And on this day in 1926, Robert Bly was born in Madison, Minnesota. A poet, translator, editor, and activist in the men's movement, he would write numerous books, including the best-selling nonfiction work on men and myth, Iron John, a book about men. That's fascinating. I had no idea that he was from here. And I'm in the middle of a, uh, a book right now about the fur trade prior to um, Lewis and Clark. And there were a lot of people in Minnesota. I mean white people. They were uh, British, um, French Canadians, French, and even Spanish ventured up here in the 1700s. It was a busy state before it became a territory. Uh, looking out the uh, office of the uh, of the mayor here above the boathouse on Spoon Lake, I can assure you that we're going to have a white Christmas. Yeah, I'll I say. wasn't uh, I wasn't going to be particularly disappointed if we didn't have a white Christmas, but I'm certainly comfortable with a white Christmas, and it's coming down pretty pretty good right now. Apparently, not as well as up at Kenny's where the wind is howling. Yeah, she's a screaming. She's a howler. Yeah, good day to uh, spend in the shop. Well, Merry Christmas, GLers, and best to you. Uh, we'll, we'll certainly talk to you before the new year. In fact, we'll be talking to you as soon as this coming Monday. And we made an executive decision earlier this week. You will get the entire duration of the Christmas light rivalry on tomorrow's broadcast. Why not? It's become a national tradition. People ask every year, when are we going to play? Every year. So I thought, year. let's do it Let's do it for Chris, the Christmas Eve podcast. How does that right. sound? That's fine with me. And hey, speaking of the Garage Logic <laughs> podcast, don't forget to download that PodMN app if you have not done so. Just a few days left because we are going to select one listener to win an autographed Garage Logic flag just simply by listening through the Pod MN app. Download it on your Apple or Android device today and also subscribe to us on YouTube. We have a goal to get to about 5,000 subscribers on our YouTube channel and only UGLers can help us get there. Just search Garage Logic on YouTube or you can find the link on our page at garagelogic.com. You can also see links to Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Find all of our social accounts on garagelogic.com. 